many people are going to be employed with the expertise in Maori language. Translators, uh, for instance, within the Justice Department, there's going to be a tremendous need for translators in their various offices around the country. And so uh, I think if it uh, affects employment of Maori people, then I think it's, uh, it's doing a tremendous amount towards the, the, the status of people being employed with an expertise of Maori language. It means that Maori language can be seen to be alive. That's Dr. Huirangi Waikerepuru, who discussed the Maori language in 1984 and how it can lead to a fulfilling career. I find myself going to bed at night thinking about not only what I'm going to do at work for the language, for Te Reo Maori, but what I, what I can do, what more can I give. This rings true for Prauni Gloin, who has carved out a career in the language. He says it's taken him around the world. Just recently, Prauni and his fellow Māori language colleagues returned from a three-week stint overseas to learn how other indigenous cultures revive, promote and preserve their languages. Irish has been compulsory in a lot of their schools. Um, the attitude towards the language um, hasn't risen above... Uh, or got into the the place they wanted to be. We learnt a lot from the Irish while we were there, and and I think it's got to do with delivery. Prauni is one of three finalists for their contribution to Te Reo Māori Me Ōna Tikanga, the Māori language and its customs, as part of the upcoming Matariki Awards hosted by Māori TV and the Ministry of Māori Development, Te Puni Kōkiri. In keeping with the theme of Matariki for this series, we profile a few of the finalists. I'm in Te Awamutu at the head campus of Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, where Prauni works at the forefront of the Māori language. E aku nui, e aku rahi, koutou kua tahuri mai ki tēnei pāhotanga, nau mai hoki mai. Ko Justin Maria hau, ko te hotaka tēnei o Te Ahika e kawea nei inga kaupapa Māori. This is Te Ahika on RNZ and online at rnz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. According to the 2013 census, Thawamutu has a population of just over 10,000 people. Located in the Waikato region, it is also the birthplace of the largest tertiary provider in the country, Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. Since its establishment in 1984, today the provider has 80 locations around the country, tens of thousands of students and 1,500 staff nationwide. So it's no easy feat to be at the forefront of developing the Māori language within the institution. Plauni Gloin has many roles at Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, but he is also a former graduate of Te Panikiritanga o Te Reo Māori. He's a kapahaka tutor of Motai Tangataro, and today he supports the tutors at Te Panikiritanga. I ask him what his role is. What is my role What here? is your role? <laughs> many hats, many portai I think you wear. I do wear uh, quite a few metaphorical portai, so to speak, but um, if you looked at my um, my job description, I'm the pōtikanga and te pōreo matua of te wānanga o te roa. So um, I look after, along with everybody else in our organisation, the tikanga, but um, 
I guess I'm an advisor guide to our CEO, our Tairungi, um, Jim Mantha, um, the leadership within the Wananga and the Waira, the Waira Wananga. And in the real space, I'm the coordinator of our internal language strategy, Reo Ora, um, which is a strategy we, we launched ooh, going f- three years now. We launched Reo Ora. Um, and it's a Te Reo Māori strategy um, aimed at growing Te Reo Māori within Te Wananga o Te Roa, the capacity of Te Reo Māori in our kaimahi. So we've got about 1,500 um, workmates from Kaitaia to Invercargill, Murihiku. Mm. Is that a tough job? Anybody that works in Te Reo Māori, and I'm sure some are listening, whether you're in Kohanga Reo, uh, Papa Mainstream, uh, tertiary or you work in Atarangi or anywhere, looking after the language and revitalising Te Reo Māori is, is hard work. It takes a lot of your time and it's something you're always thinking about. Um, I find myself going to bed at night thinking about not only what I'm going to do at work for the language, for Te Reo Māori, but what I, what I can do, what more can I give to forward, I guess, um, the prog- or progress Te Reo Māori um, and to make it current. So it is, it is uh, labour-intensive at times, but um, the fruits you get from it and the benefits outnumber all those, all those times when you're wondering, what am I doing? And really, the, those of us that are dedicated to the regeneration or, of Te Reo Māori, there's far and few. Um, so yeah, it can it can get lonely at times, but um, I got lots of mates out there. And, yeah. <laughs> so, are you a second language learner? I am a second yeah. language learner. Um, I've got a different philosophy. There used to be a time when uh, people say, "What's your first language?" and and I suppose that means, uh, "What was the language you were brought up in?" For me, my my um, philosophy around the first language is. Te Reo was actually my language of choice. So in, in my mind, Te Reo Māori takes precedent over any other language. If I had it my way, I'd speak Te Reo all the time. Mm. But um, I didn't go to Kohanga Reo. Probably didn't even know about Kohanga Reo at that age. Um, so n- mum and dad never know Reo in the house? So. No, well, <laughs> my mother, she said she couldn't speak Te Reo. But um, when she had a few wines, she was ve- she was quite fluent, and and that's that's honest. And it was a fluent language. It wasn't like yeah. like oh I- yeah. My mum was pretty good at speaking Te Reo. My my kuya, however, my nanny, who I spent a lot of time with, and my mum's younger sister, who I'd say was like a second mother to me, and she was probably my life mentor within Te Reo Māori, um, spoke mostly to me in Te Reo. So when people say, are you a first language speaker of Te Reo, I say no, but it's not like that. I wasn't brought up with Te Reo Māori around me a lot of the time in my life. So you, you learned Te Reo in terms of education from college, from intermediate? Formally, formally, formally yeah, I'd say intermediate. Yeah, um, had great a great teacher at intermediate, um, Te Morehu Tuhua, who who's nai tuhui. I've had lots of tuhui teachers through the ages, and hey, I mean, I get some of my um, some of my fanonga ask me, or they say to me, because oh, you know I've got my babies in the kohanga, but their teachers are from Ngati Poro or their teachers are from Ngapui. They live in the cities, and I, my fakaro is it doesn't matter uh, what uh, mita you learn as a child, you can easily change your mita. 
back. Uh, the main thing, the, the foundation of Te Reo Māori and the nuts and bolts of Te Reo Māori is the same in any iwi. It, uh, mita doesn't really matter until you get older. You can learn mita quite easily. Uh, I remember when I used, to, I, came, I used to come back for, used to be the May holidays back in the days, and August holidays. And I remember coming back for holiday and saying to my nanny, Oh, nan, kai te pehe a koe. And she'd say, Ai, kāroha taku mokopuna, kua te arawa, kua te arawa tōreo. That's how te arawa say, how, how are you? And it's supposed then, to be kai, not yeah, kai, kai. Yeah, yeah, or, and, and, well, we're in e pewhiana country here. Oh. So we're, we're e ana. So then I'd go back to Rotorua after two weeks over here and I'd be saying to my mates, e pefe ana koe, and they'd give me fun. Like, oh, Instead of kaita pehe a koe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there were, you kind of depended on your um, surroundings. You would adjust your reo or yeah. move? Yeah. So when you think of the Māori language mm. um, in 5, 10, 20 years, what, what comes to mind? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a dreamer and I think we all need to be. Um, and... Being um, a dreamer, it's, it's okay to dream, but we all need to do things to bring those dreams to into reality. Um, I've just a group of us from Te Panakiretango Te Reo have just recently I was returned ask, yeah. from um, overseas. So we were in um, Ireland, um, Scotland, and Wales, and then uh, north of Spain or Basque country, and we went over there to see what they've been doing to revive the, the Gaelic language and then the Basque language and the Welsh language, of course. So um, for me, the tomorrow of Te Reo is, lies in our hands and we all need to be activists for Te Reo. We got labelled as activists while we were over there, which was quite Why funny. Why so? Well, I think it's our interpretation of what an activist is <laughs> as well. And I think there's some negative connotations around what an activist is. I think activist is a good word. It's a, pro, it's a person who's proactive. So I'd like to see myself as an activator of Te Reo Māori. And um, 20 years, I'd... You know, my dream is everybody could, well, at least every te, every uh, Māori person can speak te reo. I'd love a bilingual country if everybody could speak te reo Māori in um, Aotearoa. Um, that would be my 20 years from now. So do you think it should be compulsory? I mean, that, that debate's always happened for the last you know number of years, compulsory in schools. We... As I said, we were in Ireland, and um, they've practised compulsion in their schools for quite some time. I mean, the, Re- the Republic of Ireland, I'm talking about. And while um, Irish has been compulsory in a lot of their schools, um, the attitude towards the language um, hasn't risen above uh, or got into the, the place they want it to be. So we learnt a lot from the Irish while we were there, and and I think it's got to do with delivery. So if you talk to our uncles and aunties or parents, you know, 40 however many years ago, you had to learn Latin and things in schools yeah. and, and other things, and um, they didn't enjoy it because it was due to the delivery. So um, if we're going to uh, make Te Reo Māori compulsory in our schools, we need to do a, um, a lot of work on how we deliver that reo in the schools, and it needs to be practical. And when I mean practical, it needs to be language that's going to be used at home. Um, and that's re- really where the learning starts is at home. So there needs to be um, cohesion and, the, and there needs to be synergy between the home and the school. No different to now. So um, there needs to be a lot of strategy put in, a good plan, I guess, into how we would um, 
synergize the, the language taught in schools with the homes. And I think, too, we're at a point where Kurakai Papa, all, all of us as Te Reo Māori providers should be looking at how we're teaching Te Reo and um, what we can do better to facilitate the Reo in the homes. It's a hard kettle of fish. We live in an in a English-speaking society, um, but it's doable. It's totally doable. You, you go into, um, and I'm not being racist or anything, but you go into a, um, Chinese takeaways or even Indian, you'll hear them speaking to one another in their language. Totally, yes, yes. And then when they turn to take your order or they turn to talk to you, they switch back to English. So um, that's an example to me that if the real is strong in the homes, then the um, then the kids they'll speak Māori no matter where they go. Uh, I only I only know a few tamariki that um, are proud or they naturally speak Māori. They don't need to be told, and I think that's another thing we shouldn't be saying to kids: "Call it on Māori, call it on Māori," because you get this ne- negative connotation with it all the time Forceful. being told. Yeah. yeah, maybe we need to tell them: "Kawe, call it on Māori," and then maybe they want to speak Māori. I don't Communication takes on a whole new meaning for Praune when he takes on the challenge of Mahuru Māori. That is, for one month during September, he only speaks Māori, no matter where, no matter when. He looked at other health challenges and decided to create one of his own. Well, this is July, and I know a lot of people are doing yeah. dry July. Oh, yeah, they are. And then in November, you've got November, and then you've got September, and all these other months. And I thought, um, I thought, man, what if we done a, um, a month of te reo, completely mm, in te reo mm. Māori? And that year, too, we, we happened to be fundraising for Te Matatini. So I sort of done it as a, I oh, said, yeah. look, I wonder um, who will sponsor me to speak te reo only for the month of, of Mahuru. Um, as a, and I'm doing this as sort of like a social experiment, and that's when I launched it. And I tell you, I'm um, I'm like to think of myself as a proficient speaker of Te Reo and a fluent speaker, but I, I challenge I've challenged every speaker of Te Reo Māori to do Mahuri Māori at least once in your life, and you will feel things you've never felt before, both positive and challenging. You'll be put in predicaments, and you will see how how you you need to grow your vocabulary um, because it's not a matter of jumping. As a te reo speaker, it's quite easy, or te reo speakers will jump to English if they'll get a word they don't know. Yes. No, if they don't know the te reo. But when you're in Mahuru Māori, you're pushed into another space, physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, so I finished the challenge, um, Mahuru Māori, and I thought, actually, I'm going to do this every year. So, um, yeah, we're into our fourth year uh, Mahuru Māori and Te Wanungo Te Reo got behind the kaupapa last year. Um is getting on, so I've heard getting on board this year, finally. And um, I think them, uh, Tauraferi, actually moving Māori Language Week to September shows Wikio Te Reo has always been June, July. Yeah, June, July, yep. Um, but this year it's going to be in September, and that's in support of Mahuru Māori. Mm. Did you, um, what, what was the biggest challenge of, of speaking Te Reo during that month? Like when you walked into a shop, when you had to get money out, you know, from your bank? I mean, you know, what was that like? I think it's the, um, it's the emotions you go through to feel like a foreigner in your own country. 
So if you've ever travelled overseas and you've had and the feeling you get when you can't speak French when you're in France or when you can't speak Spanish because you're in Spain and that's how you feel in Aotearoa when you go somewhere and you've got and you're only speaking Te Reo and then in some instances you feel whakama to speak your own language because you're feeling you're actually feeling whakama for the other, other person, person yes. as well. So He's looking at you like what? Yeah, what? yeah. So those are some of the things you those are some of the challenges I think. They're the internal ones. Um yeah, the miming and all of that, it all becomes I think it's good fun. It it, it all becomes fun. But um those are some of the things of the attitudes um, if your partner, I'm lucky myself and my wahine, we only speak Māori to, our, to each other most of the time, but um, one of my friends that done Mahuru Māori last year, she felt really lonely because her husband um, couldn't speak te reo and there was a disconnect there, and even though she tried to um, introduce some yes. little te reo the month leading up to and during, um, yeah, she, she felt quite lonely during the month of of Because he wouldn't speak. I mean, you know, if you don't know how to communicate in your own real. Um, tons and tons of positives. Um, one, my bank rang up one day and I replied in, in Māori, of course, and they kept speaking English and they said, oh, they knew I was speaking Māori, so that was cool. And they said to me, oh, look, we can't speak te reo Māori. Um, I, I just carried on, continued. The next day I got a ring and they had a te reo speaker. So they got someone to speak te reo Māori to me. Now, that's just one of me practising mahuru Māori. That's just one te reo speaker. Imagine if, if all the te reo speakers in Auckland jumped on mahuru Māori for the month of, of, of mahuru of September or wherever, and then they'd done like a flash mob down the street, and they just kept going to the same shop. Now, if we'd done that all the time, and I think that's what Mahuru Māori uh, pushes, pushes us into another reality, or a, re- a reality that can be. And that's something I've experienced going to shops. They, they know now, the shops here, some of the shops here in Taumutu, they know, oh, Prawni's on Mahuru Māori, and they make an effort to speak really? te reo. Uh, and if you look at it, if, if you look at, um, when we want foreign investors or we're doing business with other countries, you know, we get someone to speak Chinese, we get somebody so we can, you know, break those deals or what have you. Well, at, there was one time that that was happening in Aotearoa back in the 1800s with the early traders. Um, there's no reason to say that, that that can't happen again. The thing is, is we've got to stand up and we've got to be staunch. So um, everybody knows if, at, at work here, and I'm lucky because I'm at a Māori organisation, but just because I'm at a Māori organisation, it doesn't mean it makes my communication easier yeah. because yeah. I, could count the, I could count on one hand the te reo speakers in this, on two hands maybe, where I work here. Yeah. So um, when I have a meeting, um, people know it's mahuru, and um, they organise somebody to come in um, to, as a translator. And you know what? The best thing is it's free. It doesn't cost any money. All it costs is your commitment to the kaupapa. There are a number of Māori language courses on offer at Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, arguably the final formal training of learning the language and its associated tikanga and knowledge is Te Panikiritanga o Te Reo Māori, the Institute of Excellence, 
in the Māori language. Students are nominated by their peers or tutors for consideration by the Mātangareo, that is Sir Timoti Karetu and Professor Pau Temera. They are then formally invited to attend. In the last few weeks, this year's batch of students graduated at Rarawera campus in Hamilton. I asked Prauni about the perception that Panekiritanga Otereo Māori is too elite. It is elite, um, and I'm not going to apologise for that because our, our uh, tohunga, uh, Dr. Tsi Motikaretu and Dr. Pote Mara, they have every right to handpick the people that come to that kura. And, um, but in saying so, uh, over the third, Te is in, in, in its 13th year now, mm. and over those 13 years, Te Panekiritanga, the doors of Te Panekiritanga have been open wide, and there isn't an iwi that has not come to Te Panekiritanga. Um, those tawira over the years, students that have come and graduated, they've taken the learnings of Te Panekiritanga and the philosophy of Te Panekiritanga back to their iwi and they've started things, um, other wānanga or workshops or academies, what have you, that sort of operate with the same values um, unapologetically. And that's what Te Panekiritanga is about. People think that... Um, <laughs> and, you know, I love my bro, Scotty Morrison. Um, people think you're going to come out speaking like Scotty Morrison, you know, Te Panekiritanga is going to teach you all these long words and things like that. Yeah, you're going to learn those things, but um, the option is is up to you. you. It's up to you whether you use those words or not. Why Timoti um, exhumes them from the past, I guess, is, is the word we use a lot, of, we use the, the word <laughs> hahu, is, is to... Um, encourage people to go back to their iwi and find the kupu that aren't used anymore. I mean, what's wrong with that? Um, and to find kupu that we can, um, that, are, that are appropriate to use, other than the, the kupu we use every other yeah. day. Um, people think that it's all, uh, I always hear, oh, it's that flash Māori. You come out speaking the flash Māori. You, you learn how to speak yeah. the flash Māori. Um, but you also learn a lot about uh, um, everyday language and the colloquialisms and the idioms and things like that uh, that we use in our day-to-day conversation. Um, so that is just as important in Te Panekiritanga o Te Reo as well. Um, yep. yeah. So your role within Te Panekiritanga, is it as a tutor you teach? Our um, Pania Papa yes. and Leon Blake and Pakake Winiata and myself are support tutors for Timotikaretu and Pautemara. Where the, the, the Koroa have called us Kaifaka Turuki, and that would be the best interpretation of what that means as a support uh, tutor for the, for the dons. <laughs> so, do you think, in terms of the recent retirement um, of Te Farehua, uh, Professor Te Farehuia Milroy, there's a changing of the guard in terms of the next five years. Uh, Professor Poe and um, Sir Timoti Karetu, yes. they will step away maybe in the next few years. And there's that, you know, Aramaya no hitete kura. Do you think that's happening now? Or? Yeah, and that's a reflection of, of um, where Marae need to be going and um, and should have been going 20 years ago. Um, I, you know, if I could time travel, I could do a lot of things. But one thing I would say to my old people back in the 80s, um, is, is say, look, you know, you need to um, you need to recruit or you need to handpick the um, the ones you know that are going to be committed, and that's why people are, are handpicked because they're handpicked 
um, because Timoti, Po, and those of us that have worked in the worked in the language circles or gone to Kurereo, we can see the people that are gonna that are gonna be gonna be committed to the Panikiri Tango Tereo. Um, it's a hard course, and people have. Uh, what's hard about it? There's an element to it that's spiritual. Um, you can pl- complete a degree, a master's. Uh, we've had PhD. Tawira come time and time again, and they said it was much more difficult than a PhD because, um, in effect, your mother, your mana's on the line when you come to the Panikiritanga. Mm. Um, so there's, there's, there's meaning if you fail, or what do you mean by that? Well, you know, you know, a typical day at the Panikiritanga could be, you know, you walk in and you get told to do a karanga straight there and then, or you get told to write, compose a song. Off the cuff. Stand up now, and, and this is your kaupapa, and you're given the kaupapa. Oh, my goodness. So at one time, Māori could do that quite easily. So you can see why the tauira need to be handpicked and screened even to to an extent. Yes. So yeah. there's a process. It's not just a, yeah, yeah. no my mai, it's a yeah. few tears that you need to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And te tanga o te reo is the, the crown jewel, I guess, of um, te wānunga o te arua. Um, and te wānunga o te arua is proud to be um, the kaitiaki of that kaupapa, te panikiritanga o te reo. Klaune joins Professor Pautemara and Professor Rawinia Higgins as finalists for the upcoming Matariki Awards. Te Waiti Awards will acknowledge the contributions made by the finalists to revitalise te reo Māori me ona tikanga. Well, um, and the youngest finalist yeah, in that yeah, category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to thank um, my, my uh, Rawinia and Po. they've done lots. I mean, to even be named and put in that echelon is, is an honour in itself. Um, no matter who it is out of the three of us, um, we've all made a huge, uh, we've all made a contribution and, and they've made huge contributions to Te Reo and Tikanga. So to be even named is a huge honour. Um, the main thing for me is is that um, Te Reo and Tikanga is being recognised um, in the Matariki Awards. That's my whakaro yep. <laughs> um, on, on, on the nomination. Praone is working on a number of Māori language initiatives, which include developing a Māori language-themed podcast. One subject will include whakatauki or proverbial sayings. He talks about one of his favourite whakatauki, but also questions whether particular sayings still hold true today. I love whakatauki, and it's one of my favourite kaupapa um, when I teach at um, Kurereo, whakatauki. Um, one whakatauki that resonates with me uh, is um, this one. Uh, tangata, uh, tangata ya kona ki te kāinga, tuana i te marae tauana, which means um, someone that's taught at home, uh, when they stand on the marae, they will stand with confidence. Uh, that's that's a basic interpretation. Now we're challenging ourselves in terms of whether the whakatauki we've used for hundreds of years, whether they're still applicable in this day and age, uh, in that that whakatauki talks about being taught at home. Well, a lot of our uh, people, they haven't got uh, the, the, the kaumatua or the, the skilled or the learned people in their whānau or hapu to teach them, so they have to go elsewhere. So that's, that's a, 
Uh, that's why that whakatauki resonates with me, but in a different way. You, you're talking about the changing of the guard. We even have to look at our whakatauki and how our whakatauki, whether they're applicable or how we can re-look at whakatauki to make them applicable. I mean, one is one whakatauki is moia te tangata te tāneringa raupa. Now, I ain't got no raupa on <laughs> yes, these hands. Yes. And the other, the, the opposite of that about the woman is uh, te wahi ne roto i te pahara keke. Are you a weaver? <laughs> I'm not a weaver. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, there you go. But I guess the, the essence of those whakatauki is, is um, you industrious. know. Industrious. As someone who's industrious, industrious. a hard worker. Yes. So that's, that's so why. So the new ringaropa is the roro, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a whakatauki that resonates with me. Um uh, being taught at home, and um, and that word kāinga, the place where your fire burns. Uh, where does your fire burn yeah. these days? And we we all, we we all have a responsibility to those places as as Māori and to ourselves. Um, so kui tētahi whakatauki. And another one is uh, a newer one that fuck that farehuia uh, coined, and it is. Uh, Ko te uh, whakaiti, uh, te whare o te tangata, uh, whakaaro nui. So, um, yeah, humility is the, site, the citadel of the considerate mind. Uh, Sympathy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, humility. Yeah, yeah, humility to be compassionate. And um, being whakahihi, or, or, and, and I mean it in a, in a negative way, is quite easy, but to be humble in all that we do, there, there lies the challenge. Um, so that's that's something that resonates with me and uh, Farehuia, uh, along with uh, both Sir Tiamuti, as you said, and, and Professor Poitemara, someone I hold up there, and he's someone that exemplifies that whakatauki and everything that he does. Um, so no matter what I do, um, uh, I make an effort to be humble and some, and you can never be too humble. I think we like to use a, t- a term that's become quite popular, is poho kereru. Poho kereru. Poho kereru, which is uh, to to um, you know stand with with your chest out like the kereru. So to be proud of what you do, but at the same time, when you look at a kereru, it's still a very humble bird, but it looks proud. So mm. that's that's the expression that we we use a lot of as pohokereru. So to be proud in something you do, but still be humble. Um, Prawne Gloin, thank you so much for your time. Namihi nui kia koe. Nau i tākoha mai tō kōrero ki te maria. And tēnā hoki koe mō te haere mai. Um, um, I think, you know, get used to doing the radio interviews on the phone and it's much, much better kanohi ki te kanohi. So thank you for coming over. E mihi ana kia koe. Uh, me tēnei kaupapa. Uh, tēnā koe. Tēnā tātou. Tēnā kūtakatoa. Mm-hmm.